This is the Hockey News Podcast. Well, Ryan, for one final time, it's the greatest time of the year. <laughs> there you it go. Is, it is right after free agency where we get to break down all the biggest signings, all the biggest moves. Um, every team thinks they're, they're a star. Every team is trying to go for it. So I thought basically what we're going to do, because I love you know just categorizing teams into winners and losers, mm-hmm. as we have all year, yep. we're going to go through every single team in the league by division. Yes. Um, based on you know their, their signings. Uh, like I had to sprinkle some prior to July first just to give a team some stuff to talk about. Right. But mainly it'll be the signings they made, like either leading up to and after July first. Um, and then we're, we're gonna talk about whether or not they are winners or losers of free agency. Let's do. Sounds it. good. So we're gonna start off. You know, we start off in I believe the Pacific Division with, with the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. They had a, they had a pretty big day. I mean, not not like in terms of number of signings, but in terms of like number. I think they gave out the most ridiculous contract of the day, right off the hop, in Alex Kalorn, four years, $6.25 million. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, we got Gut- uh, Radko Gudis at three years, $4 million. What do we think of Anaheim? Yeah, I mean, I like it for where Anaheim is right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Pat Verbeek is rebuilding this squad. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of young talent, mm-hmm. but this is not a team that I expect to make a big leap this season. The good thing about Gudis and Kalorn is that these are veteran guys, uh, you know, plenty of Stanley Cup experience between the mm-hmm. two of them. Uh, you know, Kalorn's obviously won uh, a couple during his Tampa Bay days. Uh, Gudis, you know, makes them a lot bigger on the yes. back end. Sure and does. certainly cashed in on his run with the Florida Panthers. I think, you know, were the deals too rich? Maybe. But... Verbeek has the luxury of still having a bunch of guys on entry-level deals or like their first RFA deals where he's not paying out a lot. So uh, I'm going to call them winners because they got what they needed. And I I don't expect them to be a playoff team next Mm -hmm. year. I just expect growth. And I want to see what, you know, Jamie Drysdale can do now that he's healthy again. I want to see what Mason McTavish is up to. Is it Pavel Minchikov or Olin Zellweger on the blue line? Is it both of them? Is it neither of them? Yeah. Um, so I, I think they, you know, they, they got some guys that can be good in the room and you know solid on the ice to sort of shepherd these kids along. Especially since you know I mean like you used to have Ryan Getzlaff as your your alpha dog there. Obviously he's now a front office guy. Uh, so you need a new wave. Yeah. Look, they're like you said, they're not going to be. They're not, they're, I don't even think they're planning on taking a huge leap. Yes, they signed some veteran guys, but I think that's more just like for building processes. And look, Kalorn, to, to his credit, he was the, the highest scoring free agent available. Like go. he had a career year last year. He's 33 and he's, he's dealt with, you know, he's, he has a lot of miles on his body from going to three straight Stanley Cup finals mm-hmm. and playing through injuries during that and whatnot. But like he is, he's a good player. And on top of that, the, the, uh, the Ducks have $28 million in cap space right now with those guys signed. And yes, yeah. The thing about having great RFAs or great, sorry, great prospects is that eventually you're going to have to extend them. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that that you know cap money is going to go to them. Like Zegers is going to need a new deal, yeah. and uh, you know, like hopefully if Drysdale breaks out, he's going to need a new deal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the moment, they add two very like respected guys who are both uh, like Gudis hasn't won, but he's been to the final. Yeah. Kalorn has obviously gone back to back, so that's you know valuable. Sort of that's valuable uh, experience there. 
in a vacuum, I look at those two deals and I say, that's those are ridiculous. They're right. too long. They're too much money. Gudis is not going to give you anything offensively. You know, like all that. He, he got kind of exposed during that final run in the playoffs, the last two rounds. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to say winner just because it seems like they got what they wanted. And by the time that these contracts could become uh, albatrosses, we are doing, we, and it's, it's the, it, it's a fool's errand of expecting the cap to go up, but the cap will likely be up. Likely. So, so yeah. the percentage of these deals will go down. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Calgary Flames. They didn't do anything. The only signing I have for them is was prior to July 1st mm. when they signed Igor Sharangovich, who's the guy who they got for Tyler Toffoli yeah. to a two-year deal worth $3.1 million per year. Just some quick thoughts on Igor Sharangovich, and I guess sort of the Flames in action so far. Yeah, I mean, good opportunity for him. Obviously, you know, coming over from the New Jersey Devils in that trade, I mean, the Devils have loaded up, and there was only going to be room for so many top six, middle mm-hmm. six forwards. So for Sharon Govich, uh, a golden opportunity on, I, I'm going to call the Flames losers because yeah. I think what we've seen is the beginning of a dismantling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli was traded out as well. Um, I think this is a team where it's like, okay, it wasn't working. We got guys that were asking out. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll see more moves either in the summer or you know closer to training camp. Uh, but it feels like you know they have a new GM in Craig Conroy, and I think he needs to take stock of what the situation is here and then forge a path forward. And mm-hmm. if that means a complete rebuild. Uh, it's, it's not great because I think maybe two years ago we were thinking Calgary could be Stanley Cup contenders, uh, mm. but their arch rival, the Oilers, uh, put an end to that in the playoffs yeah. and, and put them on a downward spiral ever since. Um, so I, I think what we're going to see most likely is bad Calgary for a couple of years at the least. The thing about the Flames, though, is that you look at the roster on paper, even without Toffoli, even with guys asking out, and you go, like, that's pretty... Like, if I told you that a team had up front a core of, like, Huberto, Kadri, Mangiapane, Backlund, Coleman, Lindholm, Sharon Govich, Dubé, Coronado, and uh, uh, Rizika, that's yeah. not bad, right? Like, it's not bad, no. and, and then even on the back end, Uyghur, Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov, Ostley, Dennis Gilbert, and they had Jacob Markstrom and Dan Villadarnet. That's not bad... On paper. On obviously, paper, yeah. obviously, Markstrom had a horrific year last year. Yeah. You need to say, Sutter was obviously the biggest problem there. Yeah. And I think drove a lot of these people out. But the not fact the that... Not the only problem. But not the only... <laughs> far from the only problem. Yeah. But I look at that and I go, that's not bad. I think that next year when they have Backlund, when they have Lindholm, you know, Dubé is going to be an RFA. Zick is going to be an RFA. Then they, Hanovin's coming up. Tanev, Zadorov, Osterley, and Gilbert uh, are coming up as well. Uh, I think that's a good time to rebuild, but then on, mm-hmm. on top of that, you do have the the Kadri and and uh, Huberto who are making seventeen point five million combined, yeah. and Uyghur on top of that who who adds six point two five to that. Yeah. So that's like what twenty three point seven five, I think, or something like that. Sure. Either way, that's a lot of money for veteran guys who are not going to want to be part of part of that. And it'll be fine to move Uyghur, but I think those two forwards are going to be tough. Yeah. Calgary's a big loser because. I think right now, at the moment, they have no choice but to sort of stretch this thing out, mm-hmm. try and be like, all right, we got a new voice. Let's try and convince the guys who want out. Let's stay here. You know, this could be when, when Calgary is going, they're going. That city is yeah. going. It's great. Um, and they did literally nothing. So yeah. New coach, too, and Ryan Huska. Maybe that has some impact. Who knows? But, I, again, like, you know, looking at how many UFAs they have next summer, mm-hmm. I think this season is very much a 
you know, Conroy can say like, okay, what do we have here? Who yeah. wants to be here? If they don't want to be here, then let's just blow it up yeah. and let me model this roster, you know, the way I see fit. So definitely, I think this is going to be a big transition year for the Flames, but it's not looking good right now. It's yeah, it's tough because they could. We'll move on real quick, but like, it's tough because they could, like, like you could blow it up, but at the same time, like you do have the Kadri. The uh, like, like you have yeah. like the, the Huberto, especially ten point five million dollars kicking in this year. Yeah, like it's starting this year, so that's eight years from now. Yeah, like none of us are gonna be alive then. <laughs> so it's that's not even a real year. Right. So it, it's gonna be really, really difficult. I'd say they're big losers because this is the year where I think you just try and squeeze out one last push, see what you got. Yeah. You have guys that are huge deals are kicking in. And, 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 you know, you have a new coach, so you can sell them on, hey, Sutter's gone. Yeah. We have Ryan Huska and also Craig Conroy, who is, who, there is nobody more Mr. Flames than Craig Conroy. And his, his the, I, I would say, yes, he's a, work, he's a hard worker, but I'd say his, like, enthusiasm sure. is, is something that helped him get that job just by yeah. being a positive presence yeah. for, like, 11 years in the organization. You try and sell him on that, and if it doesn't work again, mm. then maybe we sell. But, yeah, they're, they're losers in my books. All right. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, bit of a quiet day, but one very interesting signing. They signed Lane Peterson to two years, 775, mm. whatever. But the big one here is Connor Brown, one mm. year, 775 base salary with 3.4 million in potential bonuses. Mm. Like, that'll bring him, basically, it'll bring him to 4 million if, right. he, if he hits it. This is really interesting. Yeah, because he was hurt most of last season, uh, but, you know, we've seen him to be a very f- effective third-line player, very versatile uh, throughout his career. And, you know, you look at the Oilers, like, clearly they're in win-now territory. I guess I would have liked them to, to do a little bit more. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we do have time. There are still some big names out there. Um, you know, do they believe in their goaltending? I think that's pretty much the only question we have at this point because, you know, Ken Holland did a great job at the last trade deadline, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting Matias Ekholm, you know, Nick Bukestad moved on, but you still have Ekholm. Mm-hmm. So that blue line core is looking a lot better than it did last summer. And you obviously still have, you know, that fire wagon offense led by McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, Nugent Hopkins coming off his best season ever. You know, Connor Brown helps that bottom six. Uh, you know, he'll help with the PK. And, uh, and he played with Connor McDavid in Erie with the uh, OHL Otters. So that's kind of fun. I know Brown wanted to go to Edmonton, yeah. so he gets his wish. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't really consider them a winner per se, um, but I, I, I can't really call them a loser either because they're, they're already in pretty good shape. I think we should go winners, losers, and we're a team in the middle. Yes, I believe they are a team. They are a team. Yeah, yeah. and if, if they can get the proper amount of goaltending next season, then they are a Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. If not, then they are what they are. Yeah, which is like a second round exit, yeah. you know, ceiling type team. I think, look, I think in a vacuum, it's a great signing because Connor Brown gives you the, the positional versatility. He can play spot duty in the top six. Mm-hmm. He's, a, real, he's a, a luxury piece in the bottom six. He can penalty kill. We'll see what it's like with an ACL reconstruction, how fast he still is, but he was fast before. He's good for like 15, maybe 20 goals in a good year. If you play him with McDavid or give him any power play time, he will definitely exceed that. And I like this. I like the, the structure in that you're able to lure him here for literally league men, yeah. um, but then allow him to get you know potentially 3.2 or 3.3 million dollars in bonuses um, that will then apply to next season. Mm. Now the big thing, the big reason why I say that they are losers, that the, the, the Oilers are losers after this, is because they still have Evan Bouchard, who is going to be an R, who is an RFA. Mm. He needs a deal for next season. He does not have one. He is going. He after Tyson Berry left, I believe he had 19 points in 21 games. 
throughout the rest of the season. He 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 did phenomenally in the in the playoffs. Yep. He basically like getting Tyson Berry out of his way gave him the keys to the power play. That the the best power play we've ever seen really yeah. um, gave him the keys to the literally being the team's number one right shot defenseman, and he flourished with it. And they're trying to bridge him now because they don't have space mm -hmm. to get him, and that is either going to not work right. because he won't accept a, a bridge, or it's going to really hurt them in a couple of years because you're going to bridge him one or two years at a, at a decent price. He's going to go out. He could be literally like a point per game defenseman this year. Yeah, based, and then he can go. Hey, you can do what Subban did and say, Hey, give me. $10 million. Yeah. Daryl uh, Darnell Nurse didn't do the same thing, but he did a very similar thing where he got them in a position where it's like, hey, you don't really have anyone else. Yeah. I'm exactly what you need. Give me $9.25 million. They did, hasn't worked out. So yeah. I'm going to say that, you know, like getting, getting Brown helps what they're trying to do now. But if that's the only move and they still have Evan Bouchard and only $5 million in cash space to do it, and they traded Costin uh, and uh, um, Yamamoto yeah, for nothing. Yep. So this is them without those two guys and just like just ripped from from their roster. That's tough. I think the Oilers are losers in my books. But gotcha. then again, any team with Dryside on McDavid, they're not losers really when you when you yeah. think about it. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, Los Angeles Kings who had a very busy time beforehand, mm -hmm. namely with the Pierre Luc Dubois signing, which came beforehand. That's eight years, eight point five mil. Mm -hmm. Traded Velarde. Traded Kupari, uh, uh, traded. Who was the third guy in that deal? Do you remember? Uh, I thought I know there was picks. Oh, it was a uh, 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 Connor. It was it, it was Velarde. It was Kupari, and then it was I follow. There it is. Right, Alex there Alex. it is. Boom, we got it. Um, but on top of that, they made some really small signings around the edges, uh, in that they brought in two veteran goalies, considering that they lost Jonas Corposalo. Um, so now they have uh, uh, Cam Talbot in there on a one-year one, one million, mm. and then they also got uh, David Riddick on a one-year eight seven five. Their goal, their their crease now is Phoenix Copley, mm. Cam Talbot, David Riddick. That is tough. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I mean, I I, I think they're a winner. Yeah, I, I think they're a winner for the Dubois trade because they were one of the few teams that could trade top end young players like Velarde and Kupari and not really miss them because you still have mm -hmm. Byfield, Kaliev, you know, uh, you know, Alex Turcott still finding his way after some yeah. injury struggles early on. Um, so they could they could do that trade, and that's why you stock up on draft picks and high picks, you know, when you're retooling, rebuilding, whatever. But that gold thing's not going to get it done. I mean, if Cam Talbot is 100% healthy, then, you know, yeah, he can be a number one, but we haven't seen that in a while. And, you know, I mean, if he, if he struggles, then you're, you know, you can cover up a lot when you have Kopitar, Deneau, and Dubois as your centers. Mm -hmm. so Which is a phenomenal center. That's amazing. Right so yeah. it's like, I'm not worried about Los Angeles missing the playoffs or anything, but I would say that there's, there's a ceiling to them right now based on their goalies, where it's like, maybe you can grind your way to the conference final, but eventually you're gonna run into a Vegas, for example. Or, you know, if Edmonton, if McDavid and Dreisaitl can get loose, um, and I mean, they've already beat the Kings in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, if you run into an Edmonton, it's like, do you think those goalies are gonna stop those shooters? Nope. No, so you have to, I mean, that would be, the best lockdown job of all time if you're going to try to hope to survive Edmonton at this point in, uh, in where the Oilers are. So, yeah, I feel like the Kings, uh, they still got some work to do. 
To be fair, Philip Deneau, you put him on McDavid, that could be a very interesting sort of series-long matchup between a, yeah. a shutdown center. But yeah, look, they, there has to be another move coming, but they, they're already in LTIR right now. Like they're already over the cap. Mm. And I look at their roster, and I don't know who you move out. Yeah. Like, it, like they don't have any, like, obvious, like, you know, guys who are making a little too much, who they pro- who have, like, maybe fallen out of favor, mm-hmm. the, the other. Like, I don't, they don't really have that. They need to get another goalie. I think they were banking on Corpus Allo coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think they moved all that money out. But, yeah. look, I think other than that, like, look, they re-signed Gavrikov to, for two years, so the term was really good, yep. which brought the money down, which is good. Like, I think they're, you know, Brant Clark's going to take an, a step in there, and mm-hmm. he's very good offensively, so that'll yep. help some punch. Um, but, yeah, this is – I'm going to say they're a team – just because I like I look at them and, and you have to add Dubois in. Yeah. I think they def I think they overpaid for this guy. I really do. Like yeah. both both in terms of money and uh, in terms of trade assets. But then yeah. again, like whatever you add them to that forward uh, that center core. Yeah. Like no one's gonna be like, oh well, you don't get the Stanley Cup because your your trade value didn't really right, work out. Right. Like you had a good player. He's yeah. gonna help the other good players. Yeah. But. Their biggest weakness was goaltending, even going back to last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Corpus Allo helped steady that, and then he walked. Yeah. Um, for a price that I think they probably could have paid him, but they mm. m- might not want to. And now they have Cam Talbot, who's been injured and at best a 1B yeah. in, in recent years. Like, there's a reason why Minnesota went out and got Flurry to help him, which then, pr- like, which then prompted Talbot to leave. Right. Um, and, and that's because Talbot, they didn't, bl- they didn't have confidence in Talbot carrying the load, and he didn't, so that was a good bet. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like, Copley was fine, but he's 31, he's unproven. Yeah. And then David Riddick is one of the worst goalies in the league, like, just straight up. So it's, that's tough. Yeah. I got to say, I got to say they're, they're a loser just because I, I'm changing my thing. I got to say they're a loser. I don't, I don't really like it. All right, San Jose Sharks, uh, they traded for Anthony Duclair. Mm. Basically didn't get out of anything for him uh, to get him. It's one year, three million left. They also got Giovanni Smith, two years, 800K, and then they traded for a goalie in Mackenzie Blackwood, yeah. two years, 2.35 million. What do we think of the Sharks? I'm gonna say they're a team. They uh, sure are. Because I don't, I mean, expectations are pretty low right now for the Sharks. And I think those moves, um, you know, I mean, they're nice. Duclair was excellent for, the, for Florida last year. And, uh, you know, Anytime he's healthy, we see you know a speedy, creative guy that can really cause problems for defenders in the offensive zone because you know he is so good there. Um, you know, in Smith, you get a guy that gives you some physicality. Um, you know, he was on the Florida Panthers, but uh, you know he wasn't really playing uh, during that run. He was kind of an extra forward, so. You know, I, I, it helps them a little bit, but, you know, again, like, what is this team right now, right? It's like, it's Logan Couture, it's Thomas Hurdle. Uh, right now it's Eric Carlson, but we don't know for how much longer he, you know, he could be on the move. So, uh, to me, this is a team that should be looking at a lottery pick. And if we love narratives, and, and we do. We sure do. Max Celebrini, who's the number one prospect in the 2024 NHL draft, used to live in San Jose. I did not know that. Yeah, he he played for the San Jose Junior Sharks program for a couple of years because his father uh, is the head of, like, sports science or something, sports medicine for the Golden State Warriors. So he lived in the Bay Area for a couple of years. So if San Jose gets the number one overall pick, then it's like, hey, you know, there's sort of a fun thing there where it's like you can get him in a Junior Sharks jersey from when he was 12 or whatever. Um, So that's kind of fun. But just based, I mean, just structurally, you know, they got – Will Smith in the draft, and that was a great selection yeah. for them. Uh, but they need more high-end guys like that. They've got Smith, they got William Eklund, you know, Philip Beestead's pretty good. 
but they need to continue rolling on that train. So I think, you know, Mike Greer as GM uh, did what he needed to do, bring some good guys, you know, some guys in that can help you in various places, but they're not going to elevate you to playoff contender. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about that draft pick when they, when they picked Will Smith is that if you Google Will Smith Sharks, uh, the first thing that comes up is the, the hit animated film Shark Tale, starring uh, Will Smith. Um, so that's very, and Angelina Jolie as Sexy Fish. So uh, it, that's very interesting. Hopefully that will change eventually, but we'll hopefully. see. Um, yeah, they're, they're a team. Um, and, but I believe that, that this, is, like, this is incomplete in the sense that like, Carlson will be traded before the season starts. Right. They want to trade him. He wants to trade. Yeah. Other teams want him. Eventually something will happen. Right. That usually seems to be the three things that need yes. to come together for a trade. Yeah. Um, and then, but that will be a massive... Like that, that will be a massive change in like, all right, what are they going to get back? And also they, that will open up likely upwards of $5 million in cap space. They'll have to have a huge, you know, uh, they will have a huge dead cap for the next four years. Like it, like even if they, uh, uh, even if they retain like 40%, Mm -hmm. that's still like almost, that's like 4.9 or something million. Mm. Um, But that will still give them savings. What do they spend that on? Right now there's a team that is hoping for a lottery pick, like you said. Um, The prior GM obviously didn't think that, but Greer does. Be very interested to see what happens. But yeah, I think it's incomplete, so I gotta go. They are a team. Let's move on to the Kraken. They signed, uh, they made two big signings. Brian Dumoulin, 2.315 mil, Mm -hmm. uh, two years, sorry, times 3.15 mil. Um, and then Kaylor Yamamoto taking a swing on him one year, 1.5 mil. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good haul. Uh, the, the, all the reports are that they're out there looking for an offensive like difference maker, uh-huh. which is 100% what they need. Sure. Um, but as it stands right now, these are two pieces that will only help them, I think, going forward. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to call them kind of a, a team right now because mm-hmm. they lost Daniel Sprong. They lost yeah. Morgan Geeky. Uh, so I... I I've always been a Brian Dumoulin fan. I feel yeah. he's like that kind of guy in the back end that you don't really hear about too much, but he's very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he'll help. But you know, you're looking at a Kraken team that they were a playoff team. They won around, uh, so they're in pretty good shape already. You know, we're gonna see you know like how Shane Wright fits into the lineup next year, uh, assuming he goes full time. And you know, I mean, Sprong was a nice little surprise for them. Uh, but he's gone now. I, Yamamoto, you know, he played for the Spokane Chiefs. Uh, he's from Spokane originally, so he's from Washington State, so that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, let's see if he can be reborn there, just sort of in a, a new you know, situation. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think they necessarily got better, uh, but I don't think they got worse either. They have $14 million, $14.5 million in cap space. That is a luxury. They, I think that opens them up. Like people have been talking and, and I, apparently the report now, I believe it was from Elliot Freeman, is that they're out, but they were talking about Carlson. I was gonna say. Um, you, they could fit his entire salary in that. They, they could. Um, but also like, I think that, I think Yamamoto and Dumoulin, they add to what, uh, what Seattle's looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I got to give them, I got to uh, label them a winner just because they were a very good team last year. They were one game away from, from making the, uh, the, East, or the Western Conference final. And I think they added two guys. Now, the one question I have is why, why in the Sam heck do they not qualify Daniel Sprong? That's a great question. A guy who was like league men for them last year gets you like almost 50 points. Yeah. It seems to fit perfectly what they want, and they don't qualify him, and they let him walk. Like you can pay two million, you have fourteen, you have almost fifteen million dollars in cap space. Yeah. Why? Makes no sense. It doesn't. But they have a 
Big analytics team there, so. Maybe there's something we're not looking. Maybe maybe his body's gonna fall apart. Like it's one of those situations, the car goes off the lot and then yeah. it, the bumper falls off and everything. Who like knows? Historically, players from the Netherlands, uh, after a certain amount of time, drop off a cliff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, they signed Teddy Bluger, one year, 1.9. Carson Soucy, big dude, uh, mm. three, three point, uh, times 3.25. Ian Cole, one year, three million. And Matt Irwin, one year, 7.75. What do we think? Well, if we're just talking straight up free agency, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to call them a, a, a slight winner yes. here because defense was obviously a huge problem for them last year. Uh, Ian Cole has seen it all. Uh, Carson Soucy, as you mentioned, big dude. Um, and yeah, I, I think having options back there will help them. I mean, Quinn Hughes is the star on the back end. We know that for sure. Um, Man, I, again, like I feel Vancouver should be better than they have been in the past couple of years. Maybe this injection on the back end will make it so. You know, mm-hmm. you get a healthy Thatcher Demko giving you the lion's share of starts. You get, you know, more growth from Quinn Hughes. He has more backup on the back end. You know, Elias Pettersson seems to have found his stride again. So the talent's there. Now it's just a matter of putting it all together. So, yeah, I like, I like what Vancouver did so far. It's also that Leas Pedersen is going to be an RFA at the end of this year. Like mm-hmm. it is, like like that's Contract that's year. coming up. Um, look, I, you're right. I think their defense is better than it was last year. They got rid of Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm. That's going to be a major pain down the line because he's, right. he's tied to their cap through I believe it's 2030, and in the middle of that, it's going to be like four point, almost five million in dead cap. Hopefully, the cap will be up by then. Yeah. But look, I would say getting Philip Horonic. Um, should they have traded a first-round pick for him in their current state? I don't think so, but they got. But regardless, they got him, right. and if he's healthy, he will help them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carson Soucy is gigantic. Yep. He will not give you any offense, but he will likely help them. Uh, Ian Cole put up really sneaky underlying numbers on, on the uh, on the Lightning last year. Like he, yep. and obviously he was basically thrust into the top pairing after everyone got hurt towards yeah. the end of the season. But he will hopefully not be that in. Right. in uh, uh, Vancouver, so that's a win. The yeah. only thing is they need to get another goaltender uh, yeah. with with uh, uh, with Demko. And then on top of that, Ilya Mikheyev, who will come back and help them. They don't have the cap space to bring him back on the roster right now. Mm. So this is so we're looking at this roster that will likely have to be subtracted from somehow. Right. I don't know how that's going to happen. So that's tough. But just in the vacuum, yeah. the sheer vacuum of free agency. Yeah. They weren't as bad as I thought they'd be. Mm. They didn't throw out the money that I thought they would. Uh-huh. So I got to give them. A slight win. Emotional I got growth. It. Exactly. For Good for them. All right, and then Vegas, the only thing they really did was uh, a little bit before July 1st, and that they re-signed Aiden Hill to two years, 4.9 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can call them losers, but they're the Stanley Cup champions, so, I, and I've said this before, it's like, if you win a ring, doesn't matter what you exactly. do the next three, four, or five years. But having said that, I mean, the Golden Knights are still going to be one of the best teams in mm-hmm. the Western Conference. Uh, can they run it back? I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, they did lose guys like Riley Smith and guys like that. Like they, they did, they, yeah. They dealt those, but... But they've basically never dipped into their prospect pool. Like, yes. Other than Nick Haig, they've never really had to bring anybody up. We've seen <laughs> some Pavel Dorofiev, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, this this will grant some opportunities, and re-signing Aiden Hill, obviously big. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, too. Like, we don't know what's happening with Robin Lehner. Yeah. Right? So that's a big X factor there. The interesting thing about, about Vegas, like you said, they've never dipped in their prospect pool because if you look at the, the only player 
They had one player in their in their lineup last uh, in game five yeah. when they won the cup that was drafted by Vegas, and it was and Nick Hague. That yeah. is it. So they 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 changed that around a little bit. That'd be very interesting. All right, let's go to the central. Let's do it a bit quicker. We got the Coyotes. They made some interesting moves because they can basically like they're not going to be they're not they're not really going to be good. Mm-hmm. We know that they're yeah. trying to be a little bit better, but they're not going to be good. So yeah. they they can overpay for some guys given their amount of cap space on short term deals to maybe get some some. Uh, you know, assets for him. So they signed Jason Zucker to one year at 5.1. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It is. It's still a step down from what he got last year. But it's a lot of money for a guy who still had a decent little, he almost scored 30 goals last year. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And he'll be a great addition to someone of the trade deadline mm-hmm. if, if that goes well. Yeah. Uh, Alex Kerfoot, two years, yep. 3.5. Yep. Thank you, Bill Armstrong. Um, and then Nick Bukestad, a franchise favorite of theirs, right. goes back two years, 2.1. He's a big fan. And then also Troy Stetcher, who is very complimentary of the actual organization, maybe not the arena, but the organization. Right. Uh, one times 1.1. 1. 1. I, would, I, would, I, would, I would reckon to say the Coyotes are a better team today than they were before. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I think you know the Nick Bukestad we saw in Edmonton after he was dealt from Arizona mm-hmm. was uh, fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to bring that confidence back with him. You know, Zucker gives you another top six forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerfoot, you know, middle six forward. It's interesting because, you know, Logan Cooley is returning to the University of Minnesota for next season, and he's the top prospect for Arizona. So you got him, you know, the two Russians that they drafted in the first round, uh, Chef and Boot, they're going to be back in Yaroslavl for the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you've got Matias Michelli, who was awesome as a rookie when he was healthy. Um, and got some Calder votes, but they're not quite like they're not rushing anybody up right no. now. I think this is very much uh, sort of a transition phase for the Coyotes. And you know, if they could get another high pick uh, in 2024, that would obviously behoove them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to call them winners because I think they're. I, I agree, they're going to be better, but they're not going to be good enough to hurt their future in terms of the draft, and that's important. Yeah, I, I say they're winners just because they are a better team, and these are all guys who uh, you know who basically other teams can take on at the at the deadline and get them even yeah. more mid round draft picks. Totally, it'll be great. Um, all right, the Blackhawks didn't really do too much. They signed Ryan Donato two years to uh, to Melly. That's fine. Mm-hmm. The big, the two I guess sort of bigger moves came before is when they acquired Taylor Hall, and they also. And Nick um, signed, yeah, and t- yeah, but then they signed Nick Felino and Corey Perry to yeah. identical one-year, four million dollars contracts. They have cat space to burn. It reminds me of it. There's an episode of New Girl, one of my favorite shows. They go, they go to a gentleman's establishment. Oh. One of the characters withdraws two thousand uh, dollars, and it turns out that the ATM gives him only money that he can spend at the the uh, at the gentleman's establishment. Uh-huh. Um, so he like so he instead of wasting two thousand dollars, he literally just like orders takeout from there every night. Um, to to refer to make it worth it. That's basically what the what the Blackhawks are doing. In no world is Perry and Felino worth four million or com- a combined eight million dollars in their current state. Right. But it's one year. They're they're surrounding a generational talent who could be one of the best, if not the best, players who ever played the game. We'll yeah. see. Um, it, it, there's it's very low stakes. Yeah. Who knows, man? I think it's fine. I think I think they're a winner just because prior to that they added Connor Bedard. Yeah, exactly. I'll say they're a winner too. That, you know, because. Connor Bard will come in. I mean, it'll be their number one center. I think the important thing with Felino and Perry in particular is, uh, yeah, it's an overpay, but one of them's going to be Connor Bedard's landlord slash stepdad. Yeah, and then right or billet dad is probably a more accurate uh, 
portrayal. So you're getting two guys with tons of experience and frankly, two guys that will punch anybody that looks at Bedard the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Not that Bedard, you know, Bedard's got some feistiness but to he's him, not, no. but you do not want him fighting yeah. because you don't want him breaking those precious hands of his mm -hmm. uh, because they make gold constantly with that amazing release he has. So, uh, and then with Taylor Hall, you're getting another top six forward uh, because honestly, they didn't have any top six yeah. players until they drafted Bedard, and now you've got a couple. Um, you know, Lucas Reichel will come up. He'll be interesting to see what he can do as well. Um, so, yeah, I like what the Hawks did so far. The Jason Dickinson slander. When will it end? I don't yeah. know. Um, all right. The Avalanche uh, signed one contract that I think was a very good bet, and then one which is, in my opinion, the most inexplicable contract mm. of the, uh, the offseason. They signed, they took a shot on Jonathan Drouin, reuniting him with Nathan McKinnon right. from their Halifax Moosehead days. Yeah. Uh, see, I know prospects. I know Junior. Carpool um, buddies. Exactly. Uh, one year, 875. You know, dealt with some some really tough stuff over the last little bit. Certainly. But he's always been a skilled player. Um, he's shown flashes and maybe in a more, like, stable winning environment um, that's not going through, you know, like, crazy rebuilds and you're not going to have, like, the French version of TMZ following you around everywhere mm -hmm. um, could be helping. And then the other signing is, like, like I said, the most bamboozling, flabbergasting trade, uh, not trade, signing I've ever seen in Miles Wood. $2.5 million per year is too much, uh -huh. but it's stomachable if it was, it, depending on the term. Yeah. But they signed him for six years. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did this happen? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Like, it's, it's the Avs. They're a smart... They're a smart front office. They have a, one of the best analyst guys out there. What, how? And, and to be said, you know, the sort of joke in the industry right now is like, if GM Chris McFarland calls you for a trade, hang up. Exactly. Because he wins like every trade he makes. Maybe they see something in Miles Wood. I'm, my, my fear would be that you have a player that is super physical but not big. And, you know, what's the warranty on him uh, in even seasons two or three of this contract? Mm -hmm. Like, how does his body hold up playing that style for so long? Um, and, you know, they, they got Ryan Johansson via trade uh, beforehand. Yes, yeah, uh, via so trade, which is, I think, a great... That was huge because they needed some, somebody behind Nathan McKinnon mm -hmm. uh, ever since Nazem Kadri left. So... Yeah, I mean, Colorado, I, I think they're, they're going to run it back, and I, I think they're going to take it personally that they lost to Seattle in the playoffs, mm. and they're still not going to have Landis Gog. That's really tough. No new hook either. They traded him. And they traded new hook, yeah. of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that term is pretty wild. But uh, the Drouin one's very interesting because if you can get, uh, if you can get him on track, then that's a huge win. And that's we know what kind of talent he has. Uh, so all the best to Jerwan because he's mm -hmm. always been a super nice guy. Um, so yeah, I'll say they're a team because there was good and there was bad. Yeah, out, look outside of 2017-18 uh, where he had 19 goals and 32 points, uh, uh, and that's when he was 22. I mean, like Wood has been like a you know a double digit type like goals and then like 25. He hasn't hit 30 since then. Mm. His, his, his next highest after that, which was like five years ago, uh, um, was uh, was this past year when he had 27 points. It makes zero sense to me. Mm. He's he's going to be 28 when the puck drops this season, so it's not even like yeah. he's he's a young guy with a huge amount of potential. Like he's yeah. probably what he's going to be right now. For sure. 
And is he going to get a huge amount of, of like, like he only averaged 12 minutes in ice time last year. He's a bottom six. But yeah. is he going to get a huge, up, uh, like, increase or upgrade in, in, in workload? No. Like, so it makes, it makes zero. I don't know what they were thinking. But then again, I don't work in a front office. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But they are a loser for me just for that contract. That yeah. is inexplicable. I do not know why they did it. Yeah. Um, all right. The Stars had a phenomenal day, I mm-hmm. would say. And it, and it just capped off with the fact that they signed Matt Duchesne to a one-year deal worth $3 million. I mean, that is, like, Matthew Shane is one year removed from a 40-goal season. Yeah. Even last year, he still almost reached 60 points in what was considered an off year, almost 20 goals, 60 points. You know, he drives play. He's a, really, he's a great second-line center. He gives them exactly really what they need. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, they did Craig Smith at one point, uh, or one times, uh, one year and one million, and then Sam Steele, a one-year $850,000 flyer on him. All great moves, I think, in their opinion. All moves that help their cause. Continue that, that, that window they re-signed uh, Dodonov, too, seemed to be a really good fit for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to say the Stars are a winner. Yeah, a winner for me, too, especially because Matt Duchesne has wheels. And, yes. you know, the Stars don't have the fastest lineup. Uh, you know, I mean, Jason Robertson, obviously one of their best players, but mm-hmm. not the most fleet But, like, foot. they got Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, like, you know. Yeah, Sagan's lost a step, and now he's more of a two-way mm-hmm. guy. So, you know, still effective, but, you know, Duchesne gives them another option in that top six, and even, like, really... Dallas probably just has a top nine at this point yes. uh, because they are so deep. But I, I certainly like that fit there. And then Craig Smith, obviously, a, a bottom six guy that but can help out. I think at that price, great help. Like Craig, Craig Smith almost scored 30 goals once. You know, bottom yeah. six guy, who knows? Um, all right, the, the Wild didn't really do anything other than acquire Pat Maroon. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. We yeah. don't really have to talk too much about them. They didn't really lose anyone. They didn't really, like, you know. They're a team. Yeah, they're a team. Yeah. The Preds, on the other hand, had one of the most active days out there. And mm-hmm. the biggest, the, they had three really big signings. Uh, one is, the first one, obviously, is Ryan O'Reilly there. Four years, $4.5 million mm-hmm. uh, per year. And then they signed Gustav Nyquist uh, to three years at 3.185. And then Luke Shen, three years, 2.75. Barry mm-hmm. Trotz just swinging for the fences in his first, uh, his, his first you know, go around as a GM. Indeed. And, and obviously the trade of Ryan Johansson before that. Yes. And, and the buyout, Matt Duchesne. Which was pretty shocking. Totally. So big culture change, obviously, in Nashville. Big sort of regime change. I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet. I love Ryan O'Reilly, but here's my fear with Nashville. They have built a playoff team that might not make the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So if you squeeze in, and they're in a tough central division, if you squeeze in, I would not want to play the Preds in the first round. That would be very not fun. Mm-hmm. But you might miss by a point or two, and then it's, it's all for naught. So that's, that's my fear there, is that they, they still don't have the offense to keep up with the Colorados. And, you know, I mean, Vegas is in the Pacific, but you know, just thinking about, you know, all the big guns uh, in the West. And you know what? Hey, maybe the Central's not as good this year. I mean, Winnipeg maybe taking a big step back. Um, you know, Minnesota's kind of on par. But uh, that, would be my, that would be my big fear, is that they are planning for something that doesn't end up happening. They just don't have any offense. Like, yeah. like O'Reilly can obviously score. Yeah. But he like, but his main, I would say, like, like contribution at this point is sort of is, is being a two-way player. Yeah. Like you obviously have uh, Philip Forsberg who will be healthy, so that's a great guy in there. But like you just took Johansson and Duchesne, two of your best scorers, off the table there. Yeah. Um, and the best playmaker and one one of your best goal scorers. Exactly, and like 
after that, all the offense really comes from like Tyson Berry and Roman Yossi, and that's about it. Like, yeah. like I would say, you say you don't want to play them in a playoff series, and yes, they have, you know, they have Ryan O'Reilly, they have Luke Shen, they have, you know, big guys who can wear you down, yeah. but like, they don't have anyone that can really step on your throat offensively. No, and that is that is a concern. Now, granted, there's still some big names out there. Maybe the Preds aren't done. May, I, I would hope. I would like to think so. They have eight million in, in or eight point seven. It's almost nine million in cap space, and that is uh, that is when factoring in their buyouts, and on top of that as well, um, factoring in the fact that that Ryan, uh, Philip Forsberg is on IR, but he's not mm-hmm. on LTIR. So they have space to add. I would hope they're not done. Yeah. But like, they don't have the offense to to like. You're right. They are a playoff team. Who might not make the playoffs? They might not be able to score goals, and this is this this is the same. It's like uh, Barry Trotz going back to the good old days. You know, right. a team with a great defense yeah. um, that's got great goaltending and cannot score a goal. Yeah, and for that reason, I got to say they're a loser just because yeah. they didn't address their biggest need. I agree. So, sadly, uh, they're a loser. The Blues didn't really do anything, so we don't really need to talk about them that much. No, um, they literally did nothing. So. There yeah, we'll do that. Um, the Jets, all they did was re-sign uh, Vlad Mesikov and buy out Blake Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll talk about Blake Wheeler when we get to the Rangers. So we don't really need to talk about that too much. Gives him yeah. some cap room, whatever. Yeah. Mesikov, two two years, two million dollars. He, you know, he seems like he really enjoys playing in Winnipeg. He said that. Um, so good for them. Yeah, they need players like that. They, they need players do. who enjoy playing in Winnipeg. Let's go to the Metro Division, aka the Eastern Conference. Like, let's start off with, in my opinion, the winner of free agency, the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They signed Michael Bunting, three years, four point five mil per. Jesper Fast, they re-signed him. Very sneaky, good uh, uh, bottom six player, two years, yep. two point four million. Dmitry Orlov, the best player on the board, they mm-hmm. took him off of it at only two years, but seven point seven million. It's fine. And then they re-signed. The, the only thing that would maybe take them out of this for me is that they're running back their veteran broken goaltending tandem yeah. of, uh, of, of Antti Ranta and, and Frederick Anderson. Ranta, one year, 1.5 million, and then Frederick Anderson, two years, 3.4. What do we think of the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, uh, I'm not super stoked about the goaltending, and I will once again say that if they're going to make a cup run, Peter Kachekov will probably be the guy uh, because I just of the upside. Like, I feel with Anderson and Ranta, I know what they are, and neither of them are goalies that have been capable of making a long run mm-hmm. in the playoffs recently. I yes. know Ronta obviously has some, some history. Um, it's funny, I was thinking like Bunting was the perfect guy for them because, again, you know, playing against Florida, they didn't go to the net, and yeah. that's how the Panthers killed them. Uh, but Bunting was on the Leafs, who also lost to the Panthers because they didn't go to the net. So um, I know it's not all on him, but... You know, they also, need him. They need him to be in the mix uh, when it comes to playoff time. And you know, I mean, obviously he had the suspension as well that didn't hurt. But I think the key for Carolina is Andrei Sveshnikov coming back because um, we didn't get to see what they were like in the playoffs with him. He was that goal scorer that they lacked. He's a big body as well. So I, I'm, I'm I'm tentatively going to say Carolina is a winner because they didn't need to do much. Yeah, they, were but they did a lot. Good. Um, it's just, yeah, it's like goaltending. It's like, ah, I just don't know. Now, we also have a rumor that Tarasenko is going to Carolina. I'm not sure if you saw that last night. I, I, s- I saw the rumor. Now, the info I had is that he was poking around Philly, but like, which yeah. would make zero sense uh, right. for either side, really. But, but uh, Carolina here, look, I got to give it to them just because they took most of, like, or like at least two of the top names off the board yeah. at, at re- very reasonable contracts. And Bunting, I don't think he went to net. Uh, um, in that series because he was playing with a target on his back. 
Like he was playing with like if he if he you know like accidentally iced the goalie or something like you know the refs were gonna throw him in yeah. prison. But that's not gonna change, is it? Yes, it will. He's in yes, Carolina. So. I guarantee you. I will. I will put a bet right now. It is. It is July fourth. A 20- bet MGM lock. Exactly. It is. It is July fourth, twenty twenty three. Yes. Okay. So and this this bet will pay towards the end of literally the calendar year, basically. Okay. Okay. But I will say that Bunting will finish in the top ten of penalty differential next year again. I think he will oh, launch okay. right back in there. He's okay. not in Toronto anymore. Doesn't have the bright lights on him. Okay. Doesn't have you know, a radio station filling 30 minutes of dead air by talking about how he's making refs look like idiots so that right. they, they overreact. I guarantee you he'll be back in Okay, that. I love it. Yeah. Love um, it. All right. I think I got to say the Canes are winners. Yes, their goaltending is tough, but you also have Kachekov there, who I think is their guy in the future. They believe yeah. in him. They re-signed him, all that. Um, great. All right. The Blue Jackets, they didn't do much other than sign head coach Mike Babcock. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got to say they're a loser just because of that. <laughs> yeah. like, like, he, like, there are so many other better coaches there, and they took the guy who no one wanted to touch with a 10-foot 10 foot pole uh, for what, what's been the last four years. Mm. Like, and yes, he's been out of hockey, but he hasn't won a playoff series since 2013. Um, like he hasn't won a playoff series since I was still in high school. And I'm, right. and I'm complaining of back pain on Twitter this morning. So that just goes to show that's yeah. brutal. I will say, and it's funny because, you know, work, I'm working on the yearbook mm. and pool book right now uh, for the print side. And I was thinking about, you know, rookies we should keep an eye on this year. And I was like, oh, David Yerchek, maybe? And I was like, ah, it's Mike Babcock. Yeah. Is he actually going to... Adam Fantilli? Ah, it's Mike Babcock. Is he going to play a rookie defenseman over some of the veterans they have? Eh, I don't know. So that would be that would be my concern. And I agree. The, it's so interesting. It feels like in hockey, uh, people are more concerned with giving out second chances than they are giving out first chances. Yes. And that's very odd to me. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a good signing. It will not work. Um, like, like you will not see Mike Babcock hosting the Stanley Cup or hoisting the Stanley Cup in, uh, you know, either in Columbus or with Col- like Columbus affiliation. It's mm. not going to happen. So it's it's a it's a damn damn shame that they're making us talk about this in the first place. All right. I mean, the Devils they they acquired Tyler Toffoli yeah. uh, beforehand. They locked up Jesper Bratt to a phenomenal extension. They they locked up Eric Halla, who's a you know a key part. Yeah. You know, they've done a lot of really good things. They lost Ryan Graves, but like whatever they have, you know. Yeah, and and, and Severson, but they have Luke Hughes and Nemich and guys who can step in there. Yeah. I would say the only real move that they made is that, you know, a guy who could potentially replace, maybe not all those guys, but they, they acquired Colin Miller for like a fourth round pick. Mm. Uh, he's got one year, 1.85 million left. I think that's a great addition. He's yeah. always been an analytical darling, but yeah. never seems to stick, but he played pretty well in Dallas. That's mm-hmm. fine. I got to give them, I give them a winner just because they had, a, they have arguably the best offense like roster. If you look at them on paper in the league, and then they just shored up their, their defense. They lost two guys they can replace, and they replaced them with one guy who is making a lot less, uh, and they gave up a middling asset for it. Yeah, I'll say winner as well, because in trading Mackenzie Blackwood to San mm-hmm. Jose, I think they also gave clarity yes. uh, to their roster construction, where it's like, yeah, it's Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid. Because, you know, Blackwood... You know, for a while there, it was looking like he was going to be their guy. And before then it was injury after injury. injury. Exactly. Yeah. Injury inconsistency didn't work out. So, I, yeah, I like that the Devils and, and GM Tom Fitzgerald saying, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Let's go for it, boys. And I love it. I got to yep. give them a winner. All right. The Islanders, we were here in the office. You, had, I think you had gone home by then. But the Islanders, we were here in the office for July 1st. The Islanders moves, they all came at the same time. Yep. Um, and they caused me to have a straight up, like, like, Toddler meltdown. I right. flipped a chair. Yeah. Um, I believe it's the one you're sitting in. 
Puzzle. Um, so if it just breaks in the middle of the podcast, we because I, I did that. Um, and it's it's funny because I would say half of these deals, they signed, they announced four big ones literally at like 4.50 p.m. The, the, the TSN uh, broadcast was going off the air at five. Yeah. So they were like, oh, talk about finishing with a bang. Like, thank you, you know, all that. Um, and the big, I say the biggest news is the fact that they reported these deals at all because the Islanders are usually like, Who's to say whether or not we have players? Yeah. Who's to know, you know? Um, but they signed, uh, you know, they obviously signed uh, Elias Sorokin. Eight years, 8.25. Phenomenal deal. Yeah. Um, and then Scott Mayfield, seven years, 3.5. Term is a little tough, but I think Mayfield is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. I love Agreed. him, so that's a great deal. Yeah. Um, and then they gave Simeon Varlamov a four-year deal at 2.5. Mm. Don't know why. He's going to be 40 by the time that deal is done. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I have a theory. We'll talk about that, yeah. And then the most inexplicable one. The one that just like blew my brain into smithereens. Uh Pierre Engvall, seven years. Three mil AV, which is honestly at the end of the day is fine. Like whatever. He's, he, he can top out at like 50 points if you really put him in a good spot. Yeah. That's fine for for uh, uh, three mil. Seven years. Yeah. Boggle. Like if you told any Leafs fan, because keep in mind, Pierre Engvall was Leafs property yeah. up until the trade deadline last year. If you told any Leafs fan, Pierre Engvall's next contract would be seven years in length. Yeah. They they would not. I would have. I would have committed assault against you. Right. And you're my employee. How dare you? I would have been like, why would you even say this to me? How yes. dare you even address me like this? Yeah. Boggle my mind. What do we think of the Islanders? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Lou Lamorello has been doing this for a very long time. He's very good at it. He always talks about an orchestra, right? People have roles, and clearly he has identified a role for Ingval. Uh, and we've seen this. I mean, so many of the Islanders have been basically lifers. Like, even like a guy like Cal Clutterbuck, who's played for other teams, it's like, now it's like, he's an Islander. It feels like he's always been an Islander, even though he was you know, playing for Minnesota mm-hmm. beforehand. You know, Casey Sezikis is another one. Even Matt Martin when he came. Like he, he took exactly. a, Matt Martin's another great he, example. He took a sabbatical in Toronto and then he exactly. came back. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, Brock Nelson, another one. You know, um, you know there, there's so many players that are in that vein. Um, with Varlamov, I kind of wonder if he's just going to morph into a Brian Elliott-style... Yeah. Veteran backup, and clearly him and Sorokin get along. Yeah. And there's an easy mentorship there. Obviously, they're both Russian, so they literally speak the same language. Um, and they also speak English, which helps. Um, but I wonder if that's the logic, is Sorokin's our guy. Varlamov knows that. They get along. Why mess with a good thing? Mm-hmm. So let's just lock these guys up. That's my theory. So, I mean... I don't know. I guess they're a team for me. Are they losers? I don't know. It's hard to doubt the Islanders because they usually seem to pull it off. They didn't this year, but again, they're one of those teams where if they get in the playoffs, it's like, ugh. Oh, we got This is gonna Islanders. be a slog. Yeah. I hate this. They're I, not fun to play against. The only reason they lost in the first round is because they played the one team whose style counteracts their style, which right. is Carolina. Right. Like you play any other team and that, you know. Neutral zone clog, blue line, you shall not pass type. It's yeah. just like, oh, we got to play seven games of this. Yeah. No, um, listen, you say that it's an orchestra, right? Yeah. Like, uh, this, Lou Amorello is 
with Pierre Engvall is Chris, uh, Christopher Walken with We Need More Cowbell. Right, right. Listen, Cowbell <laughs> can be a great addition sure. to any musical arrangement. But seven years if you locked cowbell? your cowbell <laughs> player in for seven years, yeah. that, I don't know. I don't know if we should go all in on cowbell. Yeah. Or, like, it's just, you said he was a French horn. Like, they're, they're a great, you know, st the Star Wars theme wouldn't be the same without French horns. Yeah. But I'm sure you could probably find a way to do it with clarinets or with trumpets with a mute in it or something. Right. Like, you, you don't have to go all in on French horns because that limits you a lot. And it's, yeah. Pierre Engvall is a useful player. He's got incredible speed. Mm. He's never even thought about throwing a hit in his life before. You know, he, he has never even thought about going to the net oh. before. You know, and it, it's... Seven, like nothing this guy has done in his NHL career at this point warrants a seven year commitment. Mm -hmm. The love of my life, Florence Pugh, could sit in front of me and if she's like, let's get married for at least seven years, I'd be like, that's a long time. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'd have to, you know, like anything like that. And that could just be my commitment issues here. But Lula and Morello, holy Maybe. smokes, man. Then again, I gotta give them just a team as I have winners be yeah. uh, because the two, the two I, like highest priced by in terms of deal signs that they made mm. were I would say home runs or yep. not, maybe not even home runs a home run and like a stand up double right like not a double where you have to slide into the base a like, ground rule double no even just like a stand up like you clock oh, it to the best position in the ballpark there where you, where you right can just gap. where you can just you know like, like lightly in. jog in yeah. um, in Sorokin you have your franchise goaltender locked up for the remainder of his productive years yeah. um, for 8.25 million yeah. phenomenal deal yeah. incredible and then Scott Mayfield he stepped into top pairing minutes last year performed very well he's a right shot defenseman great possession guy great defensive uh, defenseman you kept the term low, I believe at 3.25, seven years, whatever, but you have the remainder of his productive years, great. The other two, insane. Brian Elliott made like a million dollars last year. So that's like, you know, like 250% increase. Yeah. So I don't know about that, but it's fine. Um, all right, let's move on to the other New York team who are another, uh, another form of winners in my book here. Mm. In uh, the Rangers who got Blake Wheeler at one year, 800 grand. It's a bargain. Um, Nick Benino, one year, 800 grand. Eric Gustafson, one year, 825. Never in my days would I expect, would I think we lived, we would live in a world where Eric Gustafson makes more than Blake Wheeler. Like, right. here we are. Yeah. Um, they also signed Connor Mackey, one year, 775. And then Jonathan Quick, one year, 825. Yeah. I think this is, in terms, like, all of these are one-year deals. I think all of these players help the roster. Mm -hmm. One in particular gives them an incredible depth forward piece who you play him, at, like in Blake Wheeler, you play him in sheltered minutes. Mm -hmm. Like you were, the Jets couldn't afford that. He was a top def, uh, offensive player. The, but the, the Rangers have stars on their roster. Yeah. They can give Blake Wheeler a second or third line role. They only give him offensive zone starts. They only give him power play time. Uh -huh. And, you know, like to paper over his defensive deficiencies. And that's a phenomenal player for basically league minimum. Yeah, no, for sure, uh, Rangers are winners here. Are they good enough at this point to make a cup run? I think that's the big question. What do you think? I think they'll be in the mix, but there's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I need Lafreniere and Capo yeah. to take, Capo Caco to take that step. Maybe there's something where maybe Blake Wheeler helps in that regard. Maybe, maybe you just break up the kid line. Um, you know, you get like a different combination. And uh, you know, maybe Wheeler kind of mentors one or two of them. I'm not really sure. Well, we all know that Blake Wheeler has never been anything but a remarkable mentor right. to a finished second overall pick. 
So. We all know that that has only worked out positively in the past. Why wouldn't it work out here? <laughs> Very different players, <laughs> but point well taken. I, um, I, I couldn't, re I'm sorry. I couldn't that's okay, that's okay. Um, yeah, because you look at the high-end elements that the Rangers mm -hmm. have, they're all still there. Adam Fox, Igor Shosturkin, Artemi Mika Zibanejad, Kreider. Chris Kreider. So, I mean, really it's, and you know, I, I think we were, I was saying this uh, earlier, it's like, can you get past Carolina and New Jersey? That's that's your that's your mission right now. I'm not saying they can't, but that's the mission. I don't think this team, as constructed right now, can. Maybe not. I think they. But that's the mission. Like I, I mainly think I think if you redid that series, like like with some of these these additions here, sure. But mm -hmm. like New Jersey and Carolina are arguably the two biggest winners of the offseason. So yeah. your two biggest opponents, like like swung for the fences and hit basically only dingers. Yeah. Like in, in the offseason and became two of the best teams. Like this is like the Rangers are a very good team. They yeah. arguably have the best goalie in the league. Yeah. They have a perennial uh, Norris guy. They have Panarin who, you know, you get him in the right spot, could challenge for the heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have great forward depth, all that. But I mean like you you put them up against Carolina who just like were already already went to the conference finals and thought, yeah, let's just add like Dmitry Orlov yeah. to the mix. Why not? And then yeah. New Jersey, who's like, yeah, we'll get uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli to add the mix in here. Sign Jesper Bratt for like seven point five, just for fun. And then on top of that, let's also, you know, like it just, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I, I gotta say they're winners, but like because getting Blake Wheeler adding to the mix, who could be a potent guy for eight hundred grand, mm -hmm. it's fine. But you're right, they're, they're two biggest rivals. Like, that's what they have to focus on. It's like with the Leafs last year, where they basically yeah. built their roster to get past Tampa. Yeah. And they did, but like, whatever. But this is, you gotta. Right, what a price. Uh, but at what cost? <laughs> um, uh, but, then on t but then they, you know, they, they couldn't do it. Like, yeah. they, uh, it's gonna be tough. All right, the, the Flyers, uh, they got some, they, they get some very Philadelphia Flyers players, I think. Mm. Garnet Hathaway, two years, 2.375. Ryan Paling, big center, one year, 1.4. And then Mark Stahl, one year, 1.1. Yeah, I'm gonna call them winners because I think those guys will all help. Mm -hmm. But let's not make any mistake, this will be one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. This will be one of the worst teams in the league. In the league, that's fair. This will be well. one of the worst teams we've seen in recent memory, I think. Yes. Yeah. And by design. By design. Yeah. By design. Um, and that's what you want to do yeah. because they've drafted pretty well mm -hmm. recently. Cutter Gauthier is going to be awesome. Matthew Mitchkoff, obviously, that was a huge pickup. Yes. Uh, Franchise changing be, potentially. Yeah. Could be, you know, yeah, in a couple of years. Um, might only be one. Like, like his agent was saying, like he might want to start playing twenty twenty four. Well, we'll see that's about that. Yeah, contracts are contracts, and it's with SK St. Petersburg, which is Putin's favorite team. Yep, we'll see. So we'll see about that. Um, but fingers crossed. Yeah. Either way, uh, Flyers will probably have a very high pick again next year, and mm. there's a pretty solid high end to that draft class as well. So I like these moves because uh, the Flyers will not get pushed around, mm -hmm. and you know they have some young guys that are um, already contributing, guys like Noah Cates, and I still consider Owen Tippett young, even yeah. though he's probably in his mid-20s by now. Maybe, I don't know, 24? I think he's 24. Yeah. He um, might be 25. But, yeah. It's 24. There's, yeah. there's still a ways to go, but I like that at least you're not going to get pushed around, and I'm, I'm sure Flyers fans will appreciate that, too. Yeah. I say, I say they're winners just in the sense that they are, they are actively trying to get the top pick in the draft next, uh, uh, next year, but they won't be an unwatchable, I think. Right. Like they, they will lose a lot of games, and they might be right. on paper 
you know, one of the worst teams we've seen just by results, but I don't think that, I think they will be competitive at least. Yes. Which will be good. All right, the Pittsburgh Penguins had mm-hmm. it. Like, Kyle Dubas was like, all right, let me put my stamp on this team mm-hmm. um, by signing five really big guys on, on, uh, on July 1st, starting with Lars Eller, two years at 2.45 mil. We'll get into that. Uh, a great signing in Noel Achari. He brings him back after acquiring mm-hmm. him in Toronto. Three years, two million. Uh, signs Ryan Graves, basically is the Brian Dumoulin uh, replacement sure. on, on the back end, who, nice. you know, younger and I think more effective. Six yep. years, 4.5. The biggest surprise of this one was Tristan Jari going back to, to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Five years, 5.375. Yeah. We will discuss that. And then uh, taking a flyer on a guy who was once a Calder f- uh, finalist and then became basically unplayable when he moved teams uh, in Alex Angelkovic, one year, mm-hmm. 1.5. This, this might be the most we are a team team right. of, 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 the, of July 1st so far. Some good, some bad. Yes. Yeah, I think because if you look at that roster now, you, you add those guys to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, you're like, eh, that's, that's fun. I get that. I get the product. I mean, they lost Evan Rodriguez. Yes, um, but that they didn't have him last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, you know, they, Jason Zucker. Walked. They lost Jason Zucker. Yeah. Um, they still have Jake Gensel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and again, I mean, they missed the playoffs this past year. Um, so obviously, the mission is to get back because you have Crosby and Malkin and Latang. So you're going for it with those goalies. Hard to see them going far. Um, but this has kind of been the thing in Pittsburgh recently where it's like, it's like the old Detroit Red Wings where it's like, we just got to get in, yeah. you know, and maybe we have a shot. But it's like, well, you might not have a shot. So maybe you need a little more movement one way or another. Um, but that's the, the path they have chosen right now. I think getting Braden Yeager in the draft was yeah. a pretty big coup for them. Um, they're starting to get some prospects, but it's going to take a while. Um, yeah, very much uh, this is a team. They may or may not make the playoffs. And mm. uh, if they do, I don't know if they're going to have much success. I think Graves and Achari are phenomenal signings. Certainly. I think they address exactly what they need, which is yeah. a better, like a more defensively responsible, but also like the ability to move the puck in younger defense scoring. Yes, Graves yeah. is 28, but he, you know, he's three years younger than the guy he's replacing. Mm. He adds some more mobility to a, you know, a back end that has like Jeff yeah. Petrie, he's 36. And, yeah. You know, whatever. And Achari, like they need their their bottom six was unplayable last year. That's mm-hmm. the reason why they didn't make the play. That and goaltender are the two reasons why they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Achari is good for you know a max of twenty goals. He will always you know he, he will basically live in the offensive zone. You know he's tough. He gives them everything they need. Lars Eller is going to be like Dubis's new Nick Ritchie contract. I don't know why he signed this deal. Lars Eller was is not worth two almost two point five million. Basically mm-hmm. two point five million. He was like a faceoff specialist last year on the Avs, like he, when they eventually acquired him. And for two years, too, he's 34. Yeah. He, he's not very good possession-wise. Like, like, basically, asking around for a lot of Avs people after he got acquired there, they're like, yeah, his biggest, his biggest thing is like winning face-offs, and that's about right. it. Right. And if you really need a specialist for that, you don't have to pay him 2.5 mil. Yeah. Um, and then Jari, look, here's the thing. Jari has, has shown potential throughout his career. Mm. He's, he's produced very good numbers Earlier in his career, the last two years, he's developed maybe one of the most pronounced cases of the yips in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs. Mm. Um, but injuries have factored in a lot. He was playing hurt through a lot of last year um, and all that. The Penguins, when Dubas came in, fired all their medical people. Right. And they brought in new... So potentially that could help. But 
like there, that's a lot of like ifs and caveats for yeah. five years and 5.375 yeah, mil. Yeah. I think Dubas was like, I don't think there are any other better goalies on the market. There's a familiarity there. Yeah. There's, you know, like maybe the development staff is like, he's really good to see to stay healthy. We hired all new doctors. Maybe that can be, be the big help there. Mm. So who knows? This is, I, I got to give them, a, you know, they are a team because they made two really good signings and two borderline confounding right. to like, like I would say unadvisable to borderline confounding. Mm. It's tough to, to be super positive on that. Mm. Um, and then the, the Washington Capitals, two, big, two, two sort of moves. One was a trade. Um, but they signed Max Pacioretty, one year, two million, uh, two million base salary, two million uh, in bonuses that he could potentially hit, mm. and then they traded for Joel Edmondson, just like a third and a fifth, I think, uh, at fifty percent retained. So that's one year of Joel Edmondson for one point seven five mil. Yeah. I gotta give them winners. Just like they should have added more, I think, and they should. This still makes them old and it still makes them slow. Yeah. But I don't know. You know what? No, I'm gonna say they're losers because. Everyone's penciling Max Pacioretty to be like a productive player for them next year. Right. The guy is 35, basically, and just had two consecutive ruptured Achilles, yeah. which is the worst injury you can get as an athlete. Yeah. I, I'm worried that I, I kind of feel like Washington is like, I mean, they've been like Pittsburgh for years now, but they're even more pronounced where it's like, you guys are on the swift decline. Like Pittsburgh has three stars they want to like win one last cup for. Yeah. And they're all they've all been healthy and playing. Washington really only has one left, which is yeah. like like you want to get another one for Backstrom, but he barely played. And you want to get another one for Carlson, but he barely played. You're really winning it for Ovi. Yeah. That's the only I kind of feel you know, like at this point, uh, it's get Ovi the goals record. Mm. You know, it's like we have our Stanley Cup. And he'll get it next year. Let's get Ovi the goals record, and then we can think about things. And again, like they're starting to get a pipeline, and they haven't had one in like yeah. a decade um, because you know Ryan Leonard, uh, phenomenal, that's been fantastic. Pick. Yeah. Getting Andrew Kristyle in the second round was phenomenal. a huge coup, yeah. and then Ivan Marashnichenko is already in in North America. So we, I mean, we might even see him in Washington this year. Who knows? And you're also waiting, like you also have guys who just won the Calder Cup in McMichael and Lapierre. That's right. Like who. Like, like that, that's the only thing I'm worried about here is that are, are getting these guys going to potentially keep them out of the lineup, but they only have 10 forwards signed. Yeah, and those guys need to earn their spots in yes. the lineup because so far they haven't been able to do that on a consistent basis. Yeah. So I, I do like it in that regard is to say to the McMichaels and Lapierres, like, this isn't going to be handed to you. Like, we can grab guys to, to, to do the job if you can't do it. Yeah, look, you, you showed great promise on your Calder Cup run. Like, yeah. you, you are, I think, at this point, ready to make that leap. You were probably rushed in beforehand, mm. cap reasons, you yeah. know, whatever. But, like, yeah, you're right. You need to prove it. Yeah. I think they had a phenomenal draft, like you said. I wasn't there. I w I'm not an expert like you, but, like, Leonard, Leonard and Cristal. Yeah, those are was, two. Those, it was a great haul just off the top. Leonard is a phenomenal pick, like you, like yeah. huge upside. And Cristal was a first round talent who dipped. Yeah, I think that's that's great right at the top there. And also Rasmus Sandin, a guy who could take another step. He was great Indeed. for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, I think that's that trade has become a disaster for the Leafs. I think so. Um, great. Anyway, let's go to the Atlantic Division. We're here, the final division. Obviously, it's going to be a longer podcast today, but it's our last one of the season. That's right. Blow it out. Let's have a two hour season finale. Super sizing it. It's not going to be two hours, but yeah. still. Um, all right, the Bruins. They did some, they had underlying uh, sort of things here. Morgan Geeky, two years, two mil. Milan Lucic, they bring him back. I think that's going to be, I'm, I'm going to watch the Bruins home opener just to see what it's like when he gets announced in the lineup. 
it in a full good. building. I think that's going to be great. Lujic one year, one mil. Yeah. JVR, uh, which hasn't been announced, but apparently it like by the team, but apparently it's there. It's being reported by everybody. One year, one mil. Kevin Shattenkirk, one year, 1.05 mil. It papers over some of the potential losses there. And then... Is that Patrice Bergeron? No, it's Patrick Brown right. at two years, eight, uh, uh, eight hundred grand. Now, here's the thing: that's the only reason why I included that is yep. because of the story. We're doing our we're doing our our our, our stream, yep. and I'm on the breaking news desk over here. I have written at that point thirty two news hits yep. at the in the day. My phone is on the ground. My eyes I can barely see at this point, and. I get, and I have tweet notifications on, and keep in mind this is when Twitter was not working, so I'm only going off of notifications. That's yeah. the only one time I can see tweets. And I see Bruins announce, like, or Bruins sign P-A-T, yeah. and then B with the last name two years. And I go, oh, we gotta go over here, big signing. Patrice Bergeron, wait a second, nope, it's Patrick Brown. Right. Um, Bit of a difference in players there, but we'll see. Look, I, I got to give the Bruins a, I got to give them a loser here. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, it's interesting because we don't know right now if Patrice Bergeron is going to come or back. Or David Krejci. Or David Krejci for that matter. And that's, I mean, that's huge. That's basically like, that's everything because mm-hmm. that's their top two centers. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost Tyler Bertuzzi. They lost Taylor uh, Hall. And they, they lost Dimitri Orlov. Hall and, and, yeah, and Orlov and Nick Foligno. So... I think this is very much going to be a transition year for the Bruins, and it's just a matter of how much of a transition mm-hmm. is it going to be. They still have a lights-out decor. They yep. still have one of the best uh, goaltending batteries in the league with Allmark and Swayman. So they're not going to be bad. They and lost Connor Clifton as well. They also lost Connor that, Clifton. That's a, that's a big, that's a big yeah, loss. Yeah, super solid guy. Um, you know, that I, I guess like it's going to be interesting to see like what the forward core looks like in September. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I'm going to call them a team right now because it's like, I don't know what they're supposed to be right yeah. now. And I don't think they will know until we have a final answer on Bergeron and Krejci. If you get those two back, I think this becomes a playoff sort of bubble team. I think you I can, think they're for sure a playoff team with both of those guys, yeah. With both, yeah. I think they're like a, potent, like, I think they're a first round exit with those guys, but like yeah. not... A monumental collapse. They're like the three something. seed and exactly, yeah. maybe or maybe a wild in card in, maybe in, a wild. in the Eastern. Um, without them, though, I mean, it's like you have Pasternak, Marshawn, who yes is still good, but like he's got a lot of miles on him now. Yeah, he's, and he's thirty-five. Pasternak is obviously only twenty-seven, but then like your your depth. Who's your center? Exactly. I have no idea. And yeah. then your depth is like Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, Jake DeBrusque, Morgan Geeky. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then P- Patrice Bergeron Jr., Patrick Brown. Like right. it's like it's tough. Yeah. And then even your defense, like, they still have a lights-out core, but, like, it, with McAvoy and Lindholm, like, those are two guys who garnered Vesna conversation this year. I think Lindholm should have been – or, sorry, sorry, Norris. And, and obviously, uh, uh, Allmark won the Vesna this year. Yeah. But, like, you still have to sign Swayman. Yep. Um, and he was a big part – like, like Allmark played, like, half the games, basically. Like, Swayman was yeah. a big, big part of there. I, I can't give them a winner. I just That's can't. That's yeah. It's – I think they're taking – To me, it's I, incomplete. Okay, yeah. Um, the Sabres didn't really do much other than re-sign Tyson Jost to one year. To Eric now. Johnson and Connor Clifton. And Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, sorry. Um, yeah. I, so they did actually some stuff. For some reason, I didn't get in there. Um, <laughs> I got to give them a winner. I got to give them a winner, too, because I yeah. think Johnson and Clifton uh, will 
help that blue line core, which obviously the most important two members are Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Yes. So bringing in those two other guys, you know, Matthias Samuelson as well, mm -hmm. more of a defensive guy. Um, Dahlin and Power, obviously the stars there. You know, a guy like Jacob Bryson uh, has some good, you know, uh, mobility and, and offensive hops. Um, but Johnson and Clifton, I, I feel like, you know, those are bottom pairing guys, but I think they're just going to help put everybody in the right position and it gives them some nice depth. And then up front, yeah, you're not doing a lot, but, but they're a, everything they're a was wagon. very promising. They're a wagon up front, man. Yeah, you know, you get Tage Thompson leading the pack and Dylan Cousins and, and guys like that. Um, so I feel like Buffalo should be a playoff team this mm -hmm. year. Now it's just a matter of doing it. Yes, but dude, they have some, like, obviously, you look at, like, you know, Jeff Skinner had, had a resurgence. Like, yep. he is back to being, like, a 30-goal scorer. Yep. And yes, he's, that's a little rich for 9 mil, but, like, you can spare it, whatever. They still have yeah. 5 mil in Cassidy's, but, like, Tage Thompson is your franchise player, and he signed at probably the best contract in the league uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Cousins, Tuck, yeah. uh, 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 like, even Middlestat, you want to add there, Peyton yeah. Krebs, uh, Darlene Samuelson, Power, and then on top of that too, Jack Quinn. Yes, he's going to start being uh, start. He's injured. out for a while. He's out for a while, but he's still good. Then you also have JJ Paterka, Matt Matt Savoy, yeah. Yuri Kulich. Like these are phenomenal hockey players. I think Kulich is going to be a rock star this year. Yeah, he well, he was phenomenal in the AHL last year. Like this is an incredible. The, the, the Bruins or not the Bruins. The Sabers are going to be a problem in the hardest division in the league for a very long time. The only thing that will hold them back is goaltending. Yeah. They, they, they will likely start the year with, um, like they could, they could potentially start the year with either Eric Comrie and Uka Pekka Lukanen, yeah. um, which is gonna be tough, yeah. or they can go full youth and do Devin Levi and Uka Pekka Lukanen. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that is banking on Pekka Lukanen being much better and taking that next step. And also Devin Levi making a seamless transition after like <laughs> five games last year yeah. um, from college to the pros. And he's also already undersized, which yeah. you don't like. Right. Um, so that's a lot of bet. Like that is the thing that could hold them back from a playoff team. Yeah. But and at least they'll know very soon. Exactly. But <laughs> they will know by October. Everything or, else though? Yeah. Like playoff, if not like second round, third round. Like I, I am as high on the Sabres as I can possibly be mm. everywhere outside of the crease. And then you know what? Who knows, man? Devin Levi. He's one of the top prospects in the game. He's he's maybe short, he's, yeah. Maybe he's UC Saros. But maybe he's UC Saros. And my, my favorite thing is that he, in between every whistle, he does the uh, he does the Qui Gon Jin from Episode One, where he just sit, stand or, or sits down on the ice and just meditates and stares, and like all the ice people have to go around him. I yeah. love that. I love the kid. Great on him. I got to give them a win just because. Hey, they added like Eric Johnson is. One year, way too much money at three point two five. But whatever, he's a great. He's he's one. He's also been through catastrophic injuries. Yeah, and it, like through multiple times in his career. He's missed two full seasons of his career. One right after he was drafted first overall, yeah. and the other a year before he won the cup. That's someone I want around young people to be like. Yeah. Hey kids, like well, I had to walk uphill both ways to school, <laughs> and he really did. So yeah. that's great. And I will also say bringing back Akposo and Gergensens, like those yeah. are two very important guys in the room. Yes. That's so I like that a lot. It's the captain. Yeah. They're bringing him back. It's great. All right, let's go to the Red Wings, who had the most active day. Mm. I mean, they had the most signings of any team, I believe, other than like like just on July 1st. Uh -huh. um, and they so they signed. The biggest one was JT Comfer, five years, 5.1. Uh -huh. That's one like the second best center, one of the best forwards on the market off. They they acquired Clem Costin, 
uh, from the, the Red Wings and then signed him to two years, two mil. They got Daniel Sprong, mm-hmm. one year, two mil, great. Uh, you know, I believe he'll be a UFA at the end of this contract. So they, 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 can, they won't have to worry about not qualifying him. Yeah. Uh, just an incomprehensible move. I don't understand why they did that. Um, Christian Fisher, they took a shot on him, one year, 1.25 mil. Um, Shane Gostaspare, one year, 4.125. Justin Hall, mm-hmm. three years, 3.4 million. And then Alex Lyon, uh, just as some goaltending depth, two years, nine hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And James did, Reimer too, didn't they? Did they get James Reimer? I don't. I didn't see that, but I will check. I didn't see any report on James. They did. Yeah. Holy smokes! One year, one year, one point five. Yeah. I did not see that. Maybe it just fell through the cracks. But hey, so now they have Billy Huso, James Reimer, and Alex Lyon yeah. um, as their potential net. That's interesting. Um, man, this is as. This is, a, this is borderline loser to just a team, in my opinion. I agree. I, and it's like I like, some, like, I like the comp for signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I like some of the moves, but the other ones, not so much. And my big problem with the Red Wings is their center depth right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like Dylan Larkin is your number one. And, you know, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But behind him... Cop, you have cop, you got cop and confer that can do that. Fabry can play some center. If yeah. You want to. Now the question is, okay, you're going to be going up against Matthews, Matthews Tavares, Tavares, Stamkos, you know, Cousins, uh, Barkov, like your whole division, with the exception of Montreal, and then depending on how you feel about Ottawa's center depth, like you're. You're like fifth or sixth in that division. Ottawa's got Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla. Yeah, like, and Shane Pinto. And Shane Pinto. So it's like I can hear that's arguments. Better. That's better. Yeah, I can hear opinion. arguments just based on youth versus experience of Dylan Larkin. But I, I don't see a path for Detroit to make the playoffs this year. Absolutely. Right? I, I basically see them behind Ottawa and Buffalo in the pecking order right now and ahead of Montreal. So that's where you're at. So it's like, how long will the Iser plan take? I know? listen. And, and, and what's like, who's the number one center in two, three years? I have no idea. That's the problem. Here's the thing I think Marco Casper is probably best as a 1B or a 2. Yeah. Same with Nate Danielson, who they just drafted. And they're also hoping Valeno does something. Right. But I think at this point, he's probably what he is. Yeah. Um, listen, this is, this is the Red Wings who are like, we have a lot of cap space, like, and for some reason they just wanted to spend it. Right. Um, and, apparent, and Connor just texted me they'll have Alex DeBrincat uh, in two years. So who knows? Maybe. We'll have to see. Or um, in two weeks, who knows? Yeah, they have the money to put them on the roster right yeah. now. They have 9.8 million, almost 10 million. But yeah. these are all, I think, too long and too much. Like yeah. all of these signings, I think. You're like channeling your Lou Lamorello there. You really, like, really are. Except, they, except they aren't signings that I myself made. Right. That right. I have to justify. Yeah. So, but like, JT Comfort is, I think, you know, at best, a, a, a fine second line center. Yeah. Like he, he, I think, will top out as like 50 points and be like very good sort of defensively. Mm. For five years of 5.1, that's a lot of money. You need yeah. someone to, you need, you need for 5.1 million dollars, you need someone to score like 60 points. You need someone to be money in the bank at least 20 goals. Mm. He's not either of those. Yeah. That's tough. Um, and then Kossin, I think, is he will add a lot of fun to that team. Mm-hmm. He's obviously very well liked. Um, but like two years at two mil, it's a lot. And then obviously, like Goss Spare, it's one year, so who cares? Yeah. He'll he'll be a great power play quarterback. I don't mind for them. that one. 
that's fine. Yeah. He, he really showed some great stuff um, after, when he got to Carolina. Like, yeah. I think it was great. And he, obviously, even when he was in uh, Arizona, he was like a fantasy god for totally. there for a while. Um, Daniel Sprong, I think, is the steal, like one of the steals there. Like, he's got, you know, he, he was like almost 50 points last year. Yeah. That, that'd be great. Justin Hall, though. And again, like I don't want to harp on a guy who's been in, in, you know, who I've covered for the last bunch of years, being the least. But like, I don't understand. I get that he's like a right shot defenseman. Yeah. And I get that the num the underlying numbers, like show that he's good at doing certain things. Yeah. And the thing that I resent Justin Hall for the most is that he has turned me into a boomer. Right. Where I look at charts and I go, but the my eye eyes, test. but my eyes tell you differently, or get get that math out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. I look at that and I just go, what on earth? Like this is one of the most frustrating, like like infuriating, and at times inept hockey players I've ever covered professionally. Yeah, here's he threw a puck at a guy like a baseball in the middle of a game in the third period one time. Like he was a healthy scratch for most of the playoffs this year, and when he was on the ice, he was literally on the ice. Literally, I'm not joking. Yeah. This is not a hyperbole. Yeah. For 80% of the, the Leafs goals against. Yes. At all strengths, this and a lot of it at even strength. He's not good, and, and on top of that, you you not only you not only gave him three years of term, mm. so you not only are like going to be paying like an over like a, a thirty four year old Justin Hall at the end of this deal, but you almost doubled his salary. Yeah, he's yeah. making two mil last year. Boggles the mind. Don't understand how this happened. Um, just I, I don't get it. I don't get. Has any GM in the NHL garnered more goodwill? Mm than Steve Eiserman mm -hmm. because he did phenomenal work with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He uh -huh. built that team into what it is right now, or, or to, to the blueprint of what Julian Breezeblaw built upon uh, to help them when, when prior, uh, further that. Great. Yeah. But like the Iser plan, what has it been? Yeah. It's been bad drafting. It's been signing guys like middling, middle six to bottom six guys to way too, way too much money and mm -hmm. way too much term. And it's been not being able to figure out the goaltending. Yeah. He's basically struck out at every, at every corner. They've not made the playoffs since. Yeah. You know, like they just placed a top five pick, the first top five pick of the Iserman era on waivers. And he yeah. went unclaimed. Yeah. What is happening in Detroit? Yeah. It's tough. Is that yeah. anything to add to my incoherent ramblings? No, nope, that was good. Very cool. All right, the Florida Panthers. I got to give them a win here just off the top before I list them out because, yes, they lost some guys, but I think that they were able to sort of keep things pretty tight um, uh, in that they, they signed Evan Rodriguez four years, three mil. He finally gets a long-term deal he's been looking for. He's nice. basically been on one-year deals since before COVID, right. so good for him. Um, and he's also a guy who has shown he can step into a top. He was like he was Colorado's like first line center for a good chunk. And the year before, when Malkin and Crosby were both injured, Pittsburgh's top line center, and he showed that he was able to contribute. Yeah. Um, Nico Mikola, one of the more I would say like not great signings of free agency, three years, two point five mil. Then Mike Riley, uh, some offensive punch in the back end, one year, one mil. Dmitry Kulikov, one year, one mil. And Anthony Stolarz. Uh, because they lost Alex Lyon, and we don't know yeah. what's happening with Spencer Knight, mm -hmm. to one year, 1.1. This is just a team to winner, in my opinion, because they lost some guys, but I don't think losing Mark Stahl is a big deal. Yeah. Radko Gudis, yes, he's going to hurt in the room, but towards the end of the cup run was tough. Um, and then you're able to add Evan Rodriguez, who I think 
would have been just a great addition to their t their team in the playoffs last year. Mm. What do you think? I'm going to call them a loser because I, I, I think based on the injuries that they will start the season with, and we you know we don't know the lengths right now, but Ekblad and Kachuk, obviously crucial. Um, you know, losing Gudis, uh, losing Mark Stahl as well, because uh, he was very good during the playoffs. Um, I think Panthers are going to miss the playoffs. That's, yeah. that's my hot take. You know what? I think they are too. Yeah. They, well, they, they made the playoffs by one point last year. Exactly. Yeah, and if, I don't think they got better, and I think the injuries are really going to take a toll on them. If the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are fighting for their playoff lives, managed to beat the Chicago. basically the worst team we've seen in the Cap era last yeah. year, um, then the Pan like none of imagine what the world is like. That's right. Like, literally, there's a dimension. Like, are, am I married in that dimension? No. Like, do we? Yeah, that's a good point. But like, <laughs> like what what is different? Like, yeah. is, is is the sky purple in that dimension? Like, does somehow for some reason one other team wins the cup and they yeah. accident? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I think they're just a team to winners because there's clearly some like vibes on that team. Like I know that again, me being a boomer, like like they just by being like boots on the ground there, like like they're that that locker room loved it, loved each sure, other, sure. and there were a vibe where like, listen, we can beat anybody. Yeah. They didn't, they lost, but they, they beat, beat some. they beat a lot of people to they get where they people. are, yeah. um, and I think that these guys. Add to the vibes. Obviously, losing Gudis is tough because he was a big part of that. Yep. But like Mark Stahl was a horrible defenseman last not, season. Not in the playoffs. He was really good in the playoffs. If you look at the numbers, again, look, I'm doing. But then again, I'm doing the Justin Hall argument. So exactly. maybe who knows? Yeah. But I think you know, getting a guy like Mike Riley, Dmitry Kulikov, and Nico Mikula, even though it's way too much term and money, that papers over those losses. Mm. And then you're hoping Spencer Knight comes back in a better headspace, mm -hmm. um, just even just for him, himself as a human being. For sure. But even yeah. for but for the the uh, uh, the on ice product, you're hoping that yeah. he comes back and gives him something. Bobrovsky, you're hoping he continues. He 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 has a good year. We'll mm -hmm. see. There, yeah. The Habs didn't really do much other than get Alex Newhook beforehand, yep. and they still haven't signed him to a deal. So there's not much to talk about with the, with yeah. the Habs. Let's go to the Sens, um, who signed Eric Branstrom to a one year, two million dollar extension. Tried to solidify their goaltending again in getting Jonas Corposalo for yep. five years of four mil. Mm -hmm. So I would say the term is nuts, but the the average annual value is serviceable. Yeah, yeah. Four mil, like it's it's not like the Murray deal where it was right. four years, six point two five, and they were like, yeah, this guy's been really bad for the last two years, but we're we're putting all our chips in there. Four years, I guess you can. Or four mil, you can handle that. Yeah. Um, and then today they made a very confounding decision in. To, uh, re signing Travis Hammonick for two years at 1.1, but they gave him a full no move clause. Yeah, and Why? I think that's. Well, I mean, Hammonick's been pretty vocal about this on other teams in his past where he didn't want to get moved. Uh, or then he don't wanted to be get a moved, professional athlete. Or he, he wanted to be in specific places. Yeah. The sense I get is that Hammonick was very important in the room. Which is the opposite of everything we've ever heard about him before he get, got. I'm just telling you what I heard. No, 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 I know, but yeah. it's like it's it's wild how that can change on a dime. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he loved being in Ottawa, and maybe that's why the no. Like I think maybe that's why he wanted the no trade clauses. He loves being in Ottawa. Yeah, and they, so he doesn't look, want to leave. And they'll take anyone like considering that they have one like arguably their best pure offensive player wanting out right now. Uh -huh. I would say they'll take anyone who wants to be in Ottawa. They can get. You there know? you go. Yeah. So I, I'll say Ottawa. Uh, they're a team. Yes. Uh, I don't uh, think they're, they're the a origin team. They're the but origin. They're closer. They're the origin of the reason why we said they are a team, and go. they're fulfilling their prophecy there right there. Look, if Gorpasilo can be what he was earlier in his career and with the Kings last year, yeah. then I think that this is one of the best young teams mm -hmm. um, in the league. That especially one that added Jacob Chikrin, who is exactly the piece that 
they need and was yeah. talked about forever. That's true. Um, but also, the Atlantic Division is very difficult. We'll have to see what they can do. Um, all right, let's go to Tampa, who mm-hmm. has basically dismantled their whole team. They lost Kalorn. They traded Maroon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of guys who are walking, and then they, they so they signed Connor Sherry to three years at two million per. Josh Archibald to two years at eight uh, eight hundred grand, and then Calvin DeHaan one year seven seven five, which I think is a fine bet. But man, like Tampa has lost some assets. Yeah, and I mean, eventually it was going to happen. Yeah. They still have some of the best players in the league. Mm. I mean, they still have Vasilevsky, they still have Hedman, they still have Point, they still have Sorelli, they still have Stamkos. You so, didn't even say Kucherov. And I didn't even say Kucherov. Yeah. That's how many good players they have. And they traded Corey Perry. And they traded Corey Perry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you can call them losers at this point. But, I mean, th- to me, they're still a playoff team. They're just, like, not a contender anymore. And that's fine. Mm. They went to a lot of Stanley Cup finals. They did. And they won a couple of them. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a Brent Seabrook comeback. He's a lightning legend. He's been there the last go. couple of years. We'll and see. They always, and they always draft well. They got Jason Shagaby, who was my do. sleeper in the whole draft. So. There you go. Yeah. Boom. I think that's... I, I, I say they're losers in the sense that they are a worse team than they were last yes. year. They yes. still don't have Tanner Janot signed, and he was a scratch towards mm. the playoffs when they needed him. Mostly traded their entire draft capital for this draft. To get him, yeah. um, but I do like DeHaan. I think he's a fine like seventh defenseman. He's someone that you'd really like if, per se, you start the playoffs and Victor Hedman and Eric Cernak immediately go down. Right. Then hey, cool. We put Calvin DeHaan in the lineup. He's fine. He, he yeah. can do that. Um, and Shiri will be fine, sort of like middle six depth. Mm. But then again, on top of that, like Brandon Hagel will need a new deal soon. Janot does need a new deal. Um, it's uh, it's difficult. But then again, this is the price of being like the clo- one of the closest things to a dynasty we've seen in exactly. the modern NHL. Um, all right, and then our final team is the one that people have talked about the most. Right. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, who yeah. have been, um, in terms of July 1st signings, not the most active, mm. but in terms of signings on the whole, I think they are the most active team in, in most signings. Let's, let's talk about them to cap this all off before a quick rapid fire. Yeah. They signed Tyler Bertuzzi to one year, 5.5 mil. Max Domi to one year, 3 mil. David Kampf inexplicably to four years at 2.5 mil. Ryan Reeves inexplicably to three years at 1.35 mil. Uh, they re-signed Pontus Holberg, two years, 800 grand. That's great, a scout last year. Uh, I was overheard him comparing Pontus Holberg to Bob Gainey uh, mm. last year, which is absurd, but okay. If you ever thought that you couldn't make it in the NHL. Bob Gainey now. Yes, yeah. if you ever thought you couldn't make it in hockey, there are guys who have credentials who are saying that in press boxes, so never give up on your dreams. Um, Dylan Gam- Gambrell, or Gambr- however you Gambrel. pronounce his name, one year, 800 grand, and then John Klingberg um, at one year, 4.15. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I know some are more inexplicable than others. Um, I think that Bertuzzi and Domi are obviously the keys here because uh, they're just nasty to play against. Yes. And I think that's what the Leafs lacked in the playoffs for the most part, you know. Um, I mean, Luke Shen obviously helped in that regard, but he was more of a cop than a crook, if you know yes. what I mean. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's now they got some crooks, yeah. and you want that. You, you know, you want some, you want some grease. You want some guys want some that are snot, getting... as Brad Trilliving exactly. said yesterday. You want some yeah. snot, yeah. And, uh, you know, Klingberg, you put him in the right situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the offense is great. The defense, not so much. Um, again, you know, I mean, with the Leafs, I think they're pretty much the same as Carolina at this point, where it's like, do you believe in the goaltending? Can the goaltending take you well, they all still, the way? They still don't have Samsonov re-signed. Right. Although, look, 
you get Samsonov re-signed. He was great last year. He was yeah. even great in, in the, the playoffs despite playing clearly through injury. And then Joseph Wool did more like to rehab his his value as yeah. a player. Like he went from being like opening the year injured, you know, the in years past he was either injured or dis- disappointing. Mm-hmm. And then he he started playing like December set the Marlies franchise record for most consecutive wins. I believe he won thir- 12 or 13 games in a row. Posted like a 926 or 928 or something in his time in the NHL six games. And then in the playoffs, took over once Samsonov was a- was unable to perform. Yeah. And almost, it like really, he, he did everything he could to get the least a chance. Played very well. So he is, and he's making under league men this year. Yeah. So you keep him, that's great. He signed Samsonov, he, he, I was at every Leafs home game this year. I interviewed him after every game. And every single time he talked about how happy he is to be in Toronto. There every single time. So yeah. I think it's, it's a matter of, of when, not if. Um, I, there's a meme that, that's, that's popular on Twitter back when it was legal to view tweets. Right. Um, and it's Ryan Gosling, as always. He's standing there and he goes, the, the, the masculine urge to say, uh, we, uh, we are so back 20 minutes after saying it's over. Right. That was what the Leafs were like between July 1st and July 2nd. July 1st was a nightmare day yeah. of asset management, of roster building, of everything. All of their UFAs walked, except for the ones I think, like, uh, two, the two ones they should have walked, pre, uh, uh, or they should have let go, in uh, Kerfoot and Hall yeah. walked. So that kind of made up for some of the other signs, but they signed a guy in Reeves who will not add anything offensively for mm. three years for some reason. He will be 39, almost 40 when that deal is done. Um, at 1.35, and for a team that will literally nickel and dime, that is tough yeah. uh, to, to work through. They re-signed David Kampf, who will also add nothing offensively. Um, to four years at 2.5, you can get someone else to do it. You can get Pontus Holberg to do that, to do what he does sure. for two years at 800 grand. Um, and then they also, I think, over it's one year, but they overpay for John Klingberg at 4.15. He's fine offensively. He can move the puck, but he is literally the worst defensive defenseman in the league, like metrics-wise. Right. So that's tough. And, and I would say that their, their roster is worse than it was last year. They lose O'Reilly, Achari, Shen, mm-hmm. all those. Then you get to July 2nd. And they sign Tyler Bertuzzi, one of the top forwards on the market, to only a one-year deal mm-hmm. at 5.5 mil. Phenomenal, phenomenal value. Gives them exactly what they need. He's a guy who goes to the net. Yeah. He is, as like him, and then they, then they sign Max Domi, one-year, three mil. Who, and this is a guy who almost got 60 points playing on one of the worst teams ever and was great in, when he got traded to an actual hockey team. Last year, and someone said that like we like the Leafs need more mutants on their roster, like just guys who are like if you and if you look at at Domi and Bertuzzi, these are two guys that are just like if I ran into them in like The Last of Us, right? Like I'd be worried that they'd bite me, you know? Like yeah. it's and, and and I think that's what you need. That's what you want. And then and then also you know like Holmberg's a great re-signing and stuff like that. I gotta give them at this moment just a team because. They did make two great. I think their top six is actually better than it was last year, at least what they started. Uh-huh. Um, but they, but they have a lot of they, like they haven't. If they had, if this was, if this came with the Samsonov extension, then I would say they're a clear winner. Right. But it's not. But man, this Bradtree Living went from disaster day one to we are so back. In there day you two. go. So we'll have to see. Perfect. Um, all right. So that wraps up our our free agent wrap up. Ryan, rapid fire to end off. A lovely season Indeed. of the THN pod. And because we went long, I'm going to make it a rapid, rapid okay. fire. Fireworks, yay or nay? Yay. I'm yay as well. Ocean or lake for the summer? Oh, no. I got to say ocean. Lake, lake. I think too much about the dead things at the bottom of it. Interesting, mm-hmm. but not the ocean. 
Because uh, it's so, because it's big. Fair enough. I go ocean as well. Yeah. Uh, final question, freezies or popsicles? I go popsicles. Mm-hmm. Bigger. Um, I go popsicles if I'm on like a deck, lounging. Freezies, portable. Nice, yeah. Freezies are way more portable. Popsicles, like if you have to take them on the go, they're dripping down your hand, you know, whatever. Freezies, they're in a compact thing. But if I'm like just on a deck or if I'm, you know, in my apartment watching baseball or something, I go popsicle because, man, it's it's more and it's nice. And uh, yeah, and I like to make eye contact with people while I eat them too. Which is great. I would have said freezies, but I do the grocery shopping and popsicles are a lot more economical. They are. Surprisingly enough. For some reason, freezies are, are, the market freeze is booming where you can get like that, you can get a box of like 35 like rocket pops for like six bucks. Yeah, it's wild. I guess it's just like cornstarch and water. That's Guess but, so. But, you know, I'll take it. It's there great. you go. So uh, there you go. Summer rapid fire. Summer rap- done. We're done. Uh, and uh, with that, our I guess my first season on the THN pod is over. Uh, we will be back probably early August, maybe late July, depending on if what kind of stuff happens. But until then, you'll have to do, make do without us. Um, just want to give a thanks to Ryan for co-hosting, producer Connor behind the camera, and Mike's for putting up with us. Um, and yeah, and, and you as well for listening and watching and doing everything you've done this season. Thank you if you like to watch this show or prior shows. Go to t- uh, thehockeynews.com slash podcast, any podcatcher. And we'll be back in a month, a little bit. Sure. Uh, but until then, enjoy your summer. And uh, yeah, take care.